Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. everyone and welcome to another episode of the doctor's companion probably for most of our listeners the return in air quotes of the doctor's companion <laughs> because i know most of you only listen to these episodes and that's okay we still love no, it. no that's fine no judgments yeah. no judgments, <laughs> no judgments. <laughs> we just feel a little betrayed but it's fine yeah. welcome back <laughs> hey guys how you doing i'm scott corelli I'm I'm Matt Smith, but most certainly not that Matt Smith. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the return of New Who with uh, the beginning of Series Seven, Asylum of the Daleks, uh, written by uh, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Nick Huron, and or, yes. or Huron, one or the I other. I think it's Huron. Huron. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I could be pronouncing that name correctly. <laughs> Ah, uh, so uh, for those of you uh, maybe looking for a Doctor Who podcast for the first time and you found us because you're on a Doctor Who high because the show is back, we want to let you know that we're from the website mindrobber.net, which is the home site of Mind Robber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts. Uh, this one, we talk about Doctor Who, which you probably could tell from the name, The Doctor's Companion. <laughs> Um, also the fact that we've already started talking about Doctor Who. Uh, and then, but we also have a flagship podcast called The Mind Robbers, uh, where we talk about everything that isn't Doctor Who. Uh, so you should check that out also. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. Um, if you don't, you can review them, but we're not going to ask you to. <laughs> if you have questions, if comments, have, concerns. If you have complaints. If you have a complaint and then you want to write a review about iTunes, eh, save the energy. Save go the energy. Say, just go to another show. Review that one positively. Uh, I'll just say that. Uh, if you have any <laughs> any cool thing or, or questions, concerns, comments, whatever, you can leave those. Uh, you can email them to podcast.mindrobber.net. Or you can leave a comment on the website telling us what you think. And you should know that if you do go to the website and you go to this particular post, just as I'm about to warn you for the episode itself, the post on the website will be full spoilers. So if you don't, if you haven't seen the episode, I wouldn't suggest going to the comments section for this episode. Uh, just as I would not suggest you continuing to listen from this point forward. So <laughs> I li- I listen to my Doctor Who podcast. Before getting to the good stuff. Well, you know, that's... <laughs> you never know with people, and I don't want to get death threats for spoiling things. Um, oh, right. No much more, like no the more death, of those. Much like the death threats that BBC got for spoiling this episode <laughs> immediately after it aired in Britain. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Oh, my God. Immediately following 
Again, guys, spoilers. So if you haven't listened, stop listening. Uh, or if you haven't watched, stop listening. Um, if you haven't listened, please keep listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, on Twitter, uh, the BBC Doctor Who, the at BBC Doctor Who uh, t- official Twitter feed, I don't even think the episode had finished yet. I think uh, Jenna Louise Coleman had just made her debut and then they were right. like, huh, guys, right? Jenna Louise Coleman, new companion, <laughs> surprise. And you just click on it and you see the responses. And everyone was like, fuck you, BBC. <laughs> They're so mad. So wow. mad. It was, wow. it was so funny. Like, they were wow. like, you guys promised no spoilers. And it's like, no, they promised no spoilers to the British people, not to you. <laughs> yeah, they, they owe you nothing. When you're a British citizen... Then you can complain. Yeah, then exactly. Complain. They they owe America nothing. So that's why I went uh, I went Twitter blackout. That's that's and I think that that was the right that was the right decision. Right. No, it definitely was. <laughs> definitely, definitely was the right decision. And in this day and age, like you, like I I'm really good about having people on Twitter who don't live tweet things. But in this day and age. Really, you should just stay off Twitter if you can't be there when it happens. Right. You know? Yeah. Just, 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 just save yourself the energy, save yourself the trouble, just stay offline and don't worry about it. Yeah. That's the best news. We, the, the, you and I narrowly escaped it too, because when I went back and checked Twitter, it was the, the tweet happened may, in my timeline, maybe three tweets after you said you were on an internet blackout. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty insane. We narrowly <laughs> escaped that spoiler. Um Woo! Yeah. Which is really it was it was really cool cuz I I I've never had something that unexpected happen on a show in a really long time. Um Yeah. yeah. I I can't believe they got away with it, honestly. They got away with it and like it's not like I mean it's not like a partners in crime situation where Rose showed up like, in the last five minutes, and it was, like, a big tease, and she didn't say anything, and walks into the night. Like, this is, like, first thing out of the out of the credits, and for the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is nuts. Like, I'm, I'm really impressed at all the people who didn't spoil it. Like, it wasn't public knowledge, I don't think. Like, no one seemed to know about it, and everyone at the screenings, the advanced screenings, didn't give it away. And you know what? Props to you guys, Doctor Who fans, who got away with that because that is that is that is a hell of a thing. Yeah, that is a hell of a thing. Bravo, guys! If you went, yeah. I thank you for keeping that yeah. under wraps because that's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I guess we should talk about the episode, uh, considering we don't really know what the background and significance of it is. Um, yes. But uh, before we start talking about it in any grand detail, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by. In StockTrades.com, where you can purchase our book of the month for September, uh, Wednesday Comics, which features uh, stories uh, of, uh, of uh, DC comic book heroes, uh, like short stories in like this giant oversized thing, uh, by Brian Azzarello and, and Eduardo Rizzo, Neil Gaiman and Mike Allred, Paul Pope, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, Adam and Joe Kuber, Carl Kershaw. So, so, so many uh, crazy freaking list of talent in this thing. It's yeah, unbelievable. Um, and the retail price uh, is forty nine ninety nine, 
but uh, you buy it from in-stock trades, you're only getting this thing for $29.99, and it's, it's awesome and gorgeous and gigantic. It's massive. I don't know how I'm reading this thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. I might have to unroll it onto my car <clears throat> and just like read it on the hood of my car in the street. You know what I'm saying? You're not wrong. I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to read it on the floor. <laughs> With your legs kicking up and drawing in colors. Yeah, huh? totally. <laughs> uh, Except don't draw on the book. <laughs> so it's got art there already. So it's pick up Wednesday there. Comics for twenty nine ninety nine. You won't regret the purchase. And uh, buy a few more things because all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. And if you want to hear us talk about Wednesday comics, uh, stay tuned to the Mind Robbers because that's where we do that. Yeah. Uh okay, so uh, Asylum of the Daleks, um, I have complicated thoughts uh, that that come twofold. Um, basically, I have I have simple thoughts that are about the episode itself, and then I have much more complicated thoughts about what this episode means for the series. I guess. Yeah. Um, so my 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 simplistic thoughts are: I really love the episode itself. Like I thought it was really good. It was a fun Dalek episode. Um, most of it made sense. Most of it made sense, uh, which is which is nice because that hasn't been a thing for a while uh, from a Moffat penned episode. Well, well, if you don't count the if you don't count the Christmas special, we're still eleven months away. So <laughs> we're eleven months back from from the last time, <laughs> which is a long time. So no, yeah, it's a it's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. So it's uh, it it was. I mean, it was it was good, and and I think that it definitely paid on the promise of I want to do a blockbuster movie every week. This was absolutely a blockbuster movie. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop thinking that the whole time, um, is that that's what this felt like. Uh, that being said, there are a few things where I just – there were a lot of things actually in this episode where I was like, really? Moffat that? Again? Again? With that? Really? Again? <laughs> we're doing this again. Uh, because he just keeps kind of repeating himself, um, which is – this is definitely – this is like Moffat's greatest hits. Uh, in 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 a lot of ways, um, yeah. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just there was nothing new in this, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still really, really entertaining and fun, and I did like it. So mm-hmm. that, those are my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I didn't like it as much the first time, but the second time, I kind of. Not took my brain out, but kind of took a step back and kind of looked at it as a whole and was really, really impressed. Um, but I think I, I thought much the same thing as you did, and and the first time as well. Like there was there were things that were happening, and I was just like, I've seen this before. And yet, the thing about Moffat episodes that are really interesting is that uh, they're <laughs> they're almost insanely formulaic at this point, like insanely formulaic, and yet. Uh, I don't see things coming, and he also always does something that's really exciting and new and fresh that, that is really, really cool, um, which I like. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I really liked it, but it's one of those things where, like, 
I'm thinking back, and maybe this is my just romanticization of things that happened before, but I can go back to something like The Angels Two-Parter in Season 5, and I could just watch that right now. You know, like, I could go and watch that at any time and just be right on board for the whole show. Whereas this, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is a story that I feel like I'll keep coming back to over and over again, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's good for once in a while, and, like, if when I go back and eventually rewatch Series 7, as I'll probably do eventually, um, when it's all said and done, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a good start to the to the series, much in the same way that, like, Impossible Astronaut was a good start to the Series 6. Um, and so it's really good, and it's nice. Um, it's nice to see, like, I don't know, I feel like the standalone really suits Moffat, especially. Um, and that's nice. That's yeah. nice. It's nice yeah. to see. Um, I will say this. And this is just going off the top of my head. I don't have notes or anything. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk about all of the repetitive things that Moffat has done in this episode. Um, okay, first of all, uh, and, and this is just a small aesthetic choice, the doctor falling headfirst down an energy tunnel, at like an energy shaft... <laughs> This is this is the second time he's done that in his one of his episodes. The first time is probably my favorite part of any Moffat episode, um, which is why it stands out in my mind. It's from oh, it's one of my favorite Doctor Who moments, like in the top five ever. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah it's from uh, Forest of the Dead, um, <clears throat> and then uh, also uh, meeting a companion at the end of their life. <laughs> This is also something he's done before. Um, yeah. Also, a overconfident, flirty female character. That's every female character that Moffat has written on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who also happens to be burdened with some unfortunate, slightly sexist ideas, which Cassandra didn't pick up on, but the, but the second I saw that souffle, I was like, ah, a woman baking. A woman baking. Um, I'm sorry. Look at I that. Just, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just something I noticed right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, I mean, granted, it was part of a larger theme that he was trying to set up that I don't really know how else he could have done. Um, mm-hmm. The subtlety of the eggs and the milk thing. Right, right, right. So, right. so it's hard to call it sexist since it did have an overall purpose. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? Baking is baking, my friend. Yeah, baking (laughs) is baking. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, every, every female character that he's created, starting with Madame de Pompadour, has all been overconfident and flirty. That's his thing. That's every, he doesn't know, apparently he doesn't know how to write any other kind of character. Uh, Madame mm-hmm. de Pompadour was like that, Sally Sparrow was like that, River Song was like that, Amy Pond was like that, and now Oswin is like that. Liz um, Ten was like that, just like... Even yep, to go Liz to Ten like is minor, like that too, absolutely. Minor characters. Yeah, even minor characters. <laughs> They're all exactly the same. Um, the nose and the chin, that phrasing uh, mm-hmm. of, of the nickname... That's also uh, a retread, which you could say was just a reference to an old joke, but it's not because another character is saying it and made it up themselves. Yeah. So calling calling uh, Rory and the Doctor the nose and the chin again. That's another repetition thing. He just he just keeps repeating himself, and then oh. and then the dead bodies that wake up and walk around. They're mm-hmm. they're they're the same. 
Just just well, like I the mean, dead bodies yeah. in uh, in Silence of the Library, Forest of the Dead. Or Empty Child. Or Empty know, Child. Like, and again, and yeah. then with that, the uh, nanobots or whatever. Yeah. And and Amy being possessed by the virus of the monster that is the main like monster of the story, which I noticed. Yeah. Because that's – I mean that, when I was watching it, I was just like, we did this with angels. And I mean it's working here. And I, I honestly think that it almost works better here. I think that plot-wise it worked better in angels and Moffat's better at plot – so it worked better in Angels. But here, thematically, it got them to an interesting place. So I don't I, – I almost don't mind it as much. But I was watching it and I was just like, I've, I've seen this before with this doctor and this companion in a similar situation. It was, it was, it was a little <sighs> – but yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the one I picked up on specifically. Yeah, so I just um, – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like too. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the character that you get to know that you find out is just a robot at the end. Again, from Silence of the Library, with yeah. the little girl. Mm-hmm. And in this time, it's Ostwin. Only she's a Dalek. So yeah. it's a lot of the same stuff that he just does over and over and over again, um, which is unfortunate. That being said, he at least didn't pull the thing that's always around. Only this time, it's scary thing. <laughs> which he does a lot right also um but uh yeah so but you know it's it says something when i am aware of all of those things but i still liked the episode despite that oh without a doubt um so i, I you know i guess that says something to the quality yeah and of i mean the, of the and i mean it's one of those things where like moffat moffat keeps doing the it's bloody obvious like, like route where, like watching it again, I'm just like, how did I not figure out that Oswin was a Dalek? Like, how did I not figure it out again? Like, how did, yeah, how, how did he not? How did he not do it? And it's like you watch it again, and it's just like, um, it's just like, oh, what was what was the other good example? Uh, not blink. Oh, oh, I guess Empty Child. Where like you just watch it, and you're just like, you're just like, what is going on? And then you get to the end, and you're like, well, I'm dumb for not seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he is he is a master at doing that. That's yes. That's one thing that he that I never get tired of him doing, which is outsmart me. But the problem is he's great at outsmarting his audience in an episodic context, but not in an overarching context. He never mm-hmm. outsmarts his audience in the grand story of things, um, which is why you know after series six. Uh, I've sort of taken a new Occam's Razor approach to his storytelling, which right. is uh, whatever the simplest thing is, that's probably the answer uh, <laughs> to the questions that he's asking uh, or having you ask. Um, like in the case of Oswin, uh, it's either going to be one, he's meeting her out of order, or two, uh, you know, just like River Song, or two, he's going to meet her ancestor. Yeah. And Oswin isn't actually the companion. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's, it's going to be one or the other. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really like either of those, especially the out of order thing, because we just did that with River Song. That being said, if he can do it better than River Song, I say bring it. <laughs> well, yeah, and like and like the last time, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm still getting – not still getting because I don't get it all the time, but like I still feel like guilty about my, that River Song episode we did. But like, you know, 
that River Song thing, like, it, we, it was proved that that was kind of a blind alley that he had no idea how to get out of and just kind of went, ah, and wrote himself out of it. Whereas, like, this, you're right. Like, I, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced it's either of those. Again, I like to think that Moffat is smarter than do, he, giving us the same thing yeah, over and over again. He's not. He's, he's, he's not. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't think that anymore because you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment. If he outsmarts us, great, but I'm just assuming that he's not and that I've got his number. Because last time we said, no way is no way is it going to be something as stupid as River is Amy and Rory's daughter. That's dumb, or, and it's not going to be the answer. Guess or what, that the guys? doctor was a duplicate the whole time. Or, it was a fake out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you see, like he's not he's not smarter than us, or at least he's not trying to be smarter than us. Well, I think the thing is, and, and I mean, this goes back to Sherlock, which was at the beginning of the year, but um, uh, Moffat has, like, you're right, Moffat has the ability to outsmart us, but only for a small amount of time. Like, I was like, I was like, he can outsmart us for 45 minutes. No, Moffat can outsmart us for about two hours. Um, and then, and then once we all get to start talking to each other and come up with stuff that's cooler than the stuff that he's come up with, uh, then it's over. Um, so like this standalone thing, this is, this is going to work out for him. I have a feeling, hopefully, assuming assuming that the people writing the episodes don't botch it. I think we're in a good place. I also wonder, (laughs) I I feel like, because the, the series, the way they were advertising series seven, um, has been every story has a beginning, middle and end, but not necessarily in that order. I'm wondering, since he dropped off Amy and Rory at the end, if we're not seeing the this 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 is the end of them, and that he's going to be picking them up out of order in the rest of the episodes. Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interest. It'll be interesting to see, especially because like the whirlwind pace with which Moffat moves. Like you see the TARDIS like uh, dematerialize from the Dalek spaceship, and then it's dematerializing in the park across their street and it's like you know you could put any number of things there but i'm wondering if they did will they i don't know but they can't. <laughs> i'm really like i'm really like just be a companion <laughs> like if if they're not like if if you know if, if if dinosaurs on a spaceship doesn't take place in between those two shots then it's just like just take them or don't don't just like keep dropping them off because who are you kidding well you know? but see but that's the thing i think that that's what he's going to be doing because i think we're we're going to be coming in and out of their lives and out of order um with the episodes because i i almost wonder too cuz i know they shot the episodes out of order and i'm wondering if they shot the episodes in order in like their continuity, I guess. Interesting, interesting. Because I don't know. I don't think they've actually ever done that in Doctor Who before on this on, in the new series, anyways. Because they they film out of order all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, even going back to the first season, um, like they did Aliens in London, World War Three before End of the World. Yeah, um, and Unquiet Dead. So well, well I see. think I, I mean think, that'd be interesting. I think uh, Asylum of the Daleks was the last thing they shot of the five episodes, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense because obviously. Jenna Louise Coleman is in it. Um, well, I actually thought I actually thought it was Angels that they shot last because because um, that was the one where it was about the t- it was about the time that they were shooting Angels that Karen Gillan got on Twitter and was like, "Bye, everybody, I'm crying today," you know, like that the 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 farewell mm. Twitter tour. Um, so, but it was definitely one of the it was it was those two I think because they shot the the Western first and they shot um, dinosaurs. Well, maybe, they, maybe they shot early. the Jenna Louise Coleman stuff last. Later. Yeah, well, that makes sense because she doesn't interact with anyone. Like they could have yeah. shot that whole thing in like a day or two, right? Um, right. 
So that 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 that's the thing that makes most sense to me. Yeah. Um. So so we'll see. We'll see. I don't It'll know. Be interesting. We'll see how this pans out. But the fact that that seems to be what the theme of this series is tells me that they're doing the River Song thing again <laughs> with uh, Oswin. Um. So, which is unfortunate, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it. You should make a. He should. I, I think you should move in a slightly different direction. Then again, time travel is like Moffat's like go to thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's his. That's the thing that he really kind of digs into. Digs into and and has every right to. I mean, Doctor Who up to Moffat has really not played with time travel enough. <laughs> like watching all the classic series, it's very obvious that they coulda, shoulda, woulda played with time travel more. Um, I think they needed Back to the Future to make it all make sense, though. But um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it, but yeah, you're not wrong, and I'd, I'd like to see something different happen. But like you know, there are rumors that Jenna Louise Coleman's characters actually Miss Clara, and they have have they actually announced that like that's her name is Oswin. Like you know, it could be any number of things. It could be that the Doctor finds a an antidote to the Dalek solution and and pulls her out at the last second and. It's like that is their actual first adventure, you know? So you never know. Right. You never know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that said, she's really good. I quite like her. No, I, I, like, I, her. I, I like her too. Uh, I just yeah, – I have nothing against Jenna Louise Coleman or Oswin as a character. I just – my issue is with Moffat writing the same character. I'm like <laughs> if you were just going to write Amy again, then just why is she even leaving? <laughs> what's the point of her going anywhere if you're just changing her name and casting a different actress in the role mm-hmm. um, that's my that's my grander issue because it seems like the only thing he's changing is her story but she's still mm-hmm. Amy mm-hmm. and it's still like it's still like the fairy tale dynamic like the, the story of Oswin and the Dalek is a very fairy tale story oh yeah she's, she's the princess so, in the yeah. castle she's like Rapunzel right. Exactly, yeah. and so like it's you're right. It isn't it isn't that different. I mean, I don't I don't really begrudge him too much for doing the same like thematic thing over again. But it, sure. it, it is like I've seen it before. I I don't. I'm just not. I I don't think I'm crazy about Moffat's what Moffat's crazy about in Doctor Who. Yes. Um, because like his whole like the Doctor's the Cat in the Hat like that whole aspect of it is just kind of getting tiresome i think sure um like yeah. the whole the whole idea that the doctor knowingly like knew how the pawns would react to what he did with the bracelet and the and and so he knew that they were broken apart and he got them back together somehow because he's wise and magical wizard guy <laughs> And I just I, – I don't I don't like it. And I, I don't like that – I feel like he's starting to confuse the Doctor for Sherlock. Um, sure. Because there's that line at the beginning of the episode where uh, the woman says uh, – he's like, oh, you sent me a message. Like you, most people don't know how to do that. And then she says something along the lines of like, um, I had to interest you or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's – that's a Sherlock thing. Yeah. And then his response is totally Sherlock. And it's like, yeah. it's interesting because like that, that first scene in particular was really interesting to me for no other reason than because like it starts with this really like dark broody scene. It's set on Scarrow, which is an interesting decision. Um, 
Because that's the first time Scarlet's been seen in the new series, which is a, which is an interesting choice, and it's kind of glossed over very quickly. And then it's really dark, and then, you know, at, for everything after that, the Doctor is, you know, the bright, bubbly, bouncy, silly character that Moffat always writes him as. You know, and, and, and it's just, tonally was really jarring to me, mm-hmm. that, that first scene, especially watching it again. Like, the second time I watched it, I was like, this doesn't jive with anything that happens later. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. I'm also, bizarre. I, I, I think that for an episode called Asylum of the Daleks, and for the Asylum being a place where the Daleks shove the crazy Daleks, they could have been crazier. I'm just saying. They kind of <laughs> just acted like Daleks that were a little sleepy. Yeah, and and that's I, I, that's probably my biggest problem with with Moffat is the fetidization of the 45 minute episode and how he's like you can cram everything into a 45 minute episode and I was watching this and I was just like you know if you just gave this story somewhere to breathe I wouldn't feel like I was cheated on the whole Asylum of the Daleks thing because like the zombie Daleks were interesting but after they got locked on the other side of the door they kind of went away um, and they never really appeared again and the Daleks in the Asylum like they weren't super creepy I mean there were two scenes that were really creepy the one was the sleeping dalek where rory was coming across the daleks and the and he turns the dalek head and then the dalek kind of rolls over in its sleep which was awesome yeah but then like you know then they were just shooting and it was like i don't know you're right i did want more and i feel like he just i don't know he just leaves a lot on the table that i think that i i don't i don't necessarily think he should be leaving on the table like if you're gonna do a crazy dalek asylum do something a bit more if that makes sense like Get all the meat off the bone. Don't don't leave don't leave table scraps. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also I found the geography confusing uh, a little bit because okay the asylum is underground and they but they get to the asylum by going through the escape pod that just happens to be attached to the asylum <laughs> I hadn't thought of that isn't that weird <laughs> i like like i just i was watching it the second time and i was like what like i yeah. just it it was it's really really strange and convenient from a little mm-hmm. too convenient for me yeah, and I mean, I get that they were like the the idea was that this rope ladder leads all the way down because Jenna Louise Coleman's character Oz went down there before, so they're just basically following her trail. Um, but, but it is kind of a weird, crazy, random happenstance that, that just happened to land over this over this porthole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's very very. Strange. I mean, unless they did they did they maybe they maybe they like like drilled into the into the just the hole and like that's not like a real porthole or something. But it seemed like it was pretty legit. It did. <laughs> it looked pretty. It looked pretty glossy and legit to be like a drilling. And I don't. I'm not convinced if the if the uh, if the Alaska was hiring an entertainment manager. I'm not convinced that the Alaska was like a drilling ship. It's not like some mining mining cart that is. <laughs> yeah. For for drilling. Um, well, the, well, maybe not drilling, but you know, like like a drill or a or a, or a torch or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot of torching to melt that much rock. Well. <laughs> 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 like, 
Look, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because uh, right, I don't. Because no, I, uh, I, I feel like our listeners are just gonna be like, "Oh my god, here they go hating on Moffat again." Um, and I just, I'm like trying to, trying to explain him <laughs> sure, and these flaws sure. somehow, so I don't sound like I'm completely hating on it. Because uh, sure. I did, because I still enjoyed it. I did, but uh, there were there were holes. Um, They're just things there that were, give you. Pause. There were holes just in things. the story involving holes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There were physical holes in this story. <laughs> um, True facts. So that's, True facts. I'm just – and maybe maybe there was a line of dialogue I missed. Um, I, I don't know. I watched it twice and I was in the dark as much as you were. Like I don't <laughs> – it's one of those things where you just kind of have to go with the story convenience of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, you, just, you, really, you really just have to go with the story convenience of it um, to make it work. I think that um, – I don't know. I think that it's interesting because, like, I don't. Again, I think that this would be really great if it was an hour because it just kind of breezes through all the Dalek stuff. I honestly felt like there wasn't a whole lot of Dalek stuff. In there it. so wasn't. There was not <laughs> at all. Yeah. This was. I'm so glad this is called Asylum of the Daleks, not all of the Daleks, because I not once did I feel like this was all of the Daleks. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were a lot of, like, Easter eggs in there. Like, I know you haven't seen Remembrance of the Daleks yet, but there was, like, a, a battle a battle Dalek. I forget what the exact phrase uh, was. Special but Weapons the, Dalek? Yeah, the Special Weapons Dalek, which is just, like, a, a cannon on a, on a Dalek mount um, that was in here. And there were a lot of, like, you know, they, they, <laughs> there were a lot of, like, you know, oh, and that's a 60s Dalek, and that's... But they were all just buried in like in amidst like all the other all the other stuff and they made a big deal about it i mean i guess that's my own perception but they were like it's gonna feature all of the daleks ever and it just kind of was like really just an easter egg situation and i'm mm-hmm. like guys i didn't uh, i don't want to easter egg hunt this much for it because there was one dalek in particular that i was looking for i didn't see it i, I didn't see it i was really i was really kind of upset um oh. and there was a there was a real opportunity for it too. I mean, not to, not to go on a too much of a big was it rant. was it was it the cardboard cutout Dalek? Is that what you were looking yeah. for? Yes, a wasted opportunity <laughs> for the Parliament of the Daleks. Wasted opportunity. And I, someone named Jonathan Morris, who's a big Finnish writer, pointed that out. He was like, lack of cardboard cutouts, lack of cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and I was and I was like, you know what? I appreciate all the Daleks sitting in their Parliament, but man, that was just. Could you just have one? Like, just have one or a line of cardboard cutouts. Wouldn't be that hard. Something that just has a nice... It would have been really funny, too. Oh, it would have been great. It would have been so great. No, I I, I was thinking about the... um, There was a Dalek that was... They built a special kind of Dalek for those Peter Cushing movies back in the 1960s. And they were like taller and thinner because like originally Daleks were like short and squat these were like taller thinner and they had giant bulbs on their head that looked out of place in the in the old in the old stories and there was a part in the story where they where they um they actually brought that in as like a, a Dalek supreme in a um in a in a John Pertwee story called Planet of the Daleks and it it's it's just a very distinct looking Dalek, and it has a very it, it literally has a flashlight. Like it's not even like a a, a a weird looking light. Like it's it's just a flashlight on for its for its eye stock. And they had the opportunity to bring it there because Moffat name drops a bunch of old Dalek planets that were from old Doctor Who stories. And I was like, oh, this is this is my chance to see that Dalek. And I looked and I did not see it. And I was a little I was a little upset. Now again, this is a big cry fanboy cry moment. But you know what? Eh, 
eh. If you're gonna fan service, really fan service. Like <laughs> really fan service. Don't like don't just like half ass it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I guess it could have been a thing where uh, maybe it wasn't available anymore. No, that'd be unfortunate. And 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 they didn't really have the budget to rebuild it, hence why they were begging people for their Dalek replicas. Oh, oh my god, all it takes is a flashlight and a Dalek chassis. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all you need. Oh god, it's so sad. So sad. Oh. But but yeah, I mean and, and that's just like that's like a minor I guess it's a minor quibble that I was like, okay, I didn't see this. Maybe it's there. Maybe someone could, like, screen cap it for me. I don't know. And just be like, hey, you were wrong. And I will come on this show and publicly apologize for being wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's they had, the, they had the opportunity. It was right there. It was in the, the Dalek ICU. They, they even name-dropped the planet that it was on. And I was like, God, there you go. There you go. And they dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways. Um, <laughs> I th- <laughs> I think that the stuff that he does, that Moffat, the stuff that Moffat does that's really interesting, or the things that are really interesting and they're over really quickly. Like I think that the the Dalek hallucination bit, where Amy walks into the room full of the full of the Dalek people, was probably my favorite thing in the whole episode because it was so bizarre and surreal and very scary. Like the ballerina Dalek was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, and and it was just oh it was oh that was so so it's so good like it was just so good and clever in ways that I was like oh that's interesting because at first I had no idea what was going on yeah I was like Amy Amy's losing it man <laughs> and she was but in a completely different way and then you have in the background the the Dalek from Revelation of the Daleks like spinning in a circle because it's lost its mind. Um, <laughs> Which is how I feel after watching that story. So it's okay. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm with the Dalek on that one. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was it. Was it was a good episode overall? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what next week holds. Yes. I'm more excited to see what two weeks from now holds, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll preview that next week, I suppose. I um I have to I have to give shout outs to two people, both of them named Nick, and it's not Nick Jimenez. I'm sorry, Nick. Um <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I think that Nick Huron did a great job directing this episode. Um I don't think I don't think it was like as phenomenally well directed as uh what was it? Uh God Complex, which I think was a really, really clever sort of use. But this is like a little more straightforward. Mm. But I think that he, he did a great job. He did God Complex? Yeah, that's the that same. makes sense. If you think, yeah. if you look at the the when people would go lose their minds in God Complex and match that up with with Amy losing her mind in this, that's yep, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it visually makes a whole lot. Like, same guy, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> and girl who waited that guy. So so he's really good, and he's he directing good. the angel. Yeah, he's directing the Angel episode that's coming later this season, um, which is really nice. So um, he's the uh, he's the king director this season. Yeah, like Toby after, Haynes was last season. Yeah, and then and then just left. Uh, <laughs> Toby Haynes did the the first two, and then just left, and we were left with I think Jeremy Webb for a Wedding of a Song, which we both railed against. Um, <laughs> so so Nick Hearn, I gotta give a shout out because I was I was looking forward to him doing Moffat, and I was really impressed because like. Like again, and I texted you when I watched this. The first shot of Oz of Oz when she 
or like the first shot out of the credits where it's literally a ballerina twirling and then they echo the shot with the ballerina twirling, twirling later was genius. Like was one of those things and I I'm Moffat might have written that into the script. I'm I'm sure he did, but like it was so well done that later on I was like, "Wow, that's so clever." Like in a way where it's like she's a Dalek trapped like that Dalek. Like it was it, it's brilliant. Like yeah. I was just so bl- flabbergasted by that. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. Mhm. And all the clues with with Oswin and and the just the visual space of her and that ship and the claustrophobia and the Daleks trying to break into her mind was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, her and the set design of of the set that she's in, which looks like a uh, like the inside of a giant Dalek. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. smart. Mm-hmm. And the use of like the Dalek <laughs> portholes, like where mm-hmm. everything she's looking out of is are all Dalek-inspired, and you pass it off as just like, oh, she's, it's just because she's in a thing. But it's like, why would her ship have a, a Dalek view screen? Like, it just doesn't make any sense until you think about it, and you're like, oh, damn. Like, that's really... It's just really clever, and it's something that you don't... Like, it's the thing where it's like... Mo, the best thing about Moffat is just, just his use of hiding clues in plain sight for you to catch up later. Like, that's his, that's the thing about it that really blows me away. Um, and that was, like... It was just great work by him, uh, I thought. Um, and then the second Nick, I, I, I don't know if you guys know, but Nick Briggs, man, crushed this episode, like unsung, unsung hero. And like, it's not just his use of making different Dalek voices, but when the doctor is talking to Oswin as a Dalek was heartbreaking, like heartbreaking. And I don't think like that was her, like, it wasn't her voice, but it was all Nick Briggs channeling his inner 23 year old girl. Um, (laughs) so good, but but it was, it was amazing. And I found myself the second time I'm watching it, like close to tears because of just the sheer heartbreak. Like I couldn't handle it. It was so good. And he was, Oh, he's so good. And thank God that he is the Dalek voices. Like, thank God. No one does it better. No one does it better. So Um, true. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's the those, those are the ones that I really had to just shout out because God, he's good. What are your God, feelings so on the uh, the pond divorce thing? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. We're close to the end here, and don't get me started. No, I I call I call BS on it honestly because it's just like I don't I just we must have missed a hell of a lot of arguing for them to get that far. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it's just, like, I don't buy that Rory would ever leave Amy. Like, she had to really just call him a lot of names. Yeah. Like, to get to get that far. Like, I just don't buy it. And it's just, like, it's just, like, um, I don't know. It's, like, it's, like, stakes for the sake of having stakes. But there's not, there's, oh, it's just, it was really frustrating. I liked, I, like, I liked the idea that it set up that a lot of time had passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made it really feel like, as a viewer, I was coming back to the show after a long time, and just as much time had passed for the characters as it did for me. Mm-hmm. I did like that, but overall, yeah, it was BS. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I don't buy that they're two people who love each other, and I get that Amy has guilt, and the scene where they fought was outstanding, like, really really great, well-written, and well-acted on the parts of Moffat, um, Gillen and Pond Moffat clearly not acting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no offense, Moffat. Uh, but, you know, it got to an, it got us to an interesting place, but at the same time, I was just like, like, it's one of those things where all stories, 
for all stories, you have to buy into the initial conceit, right? Like, no matter what the story is, like, you have to buy that John McClane's gonna be in that, in Nakatomi Plaza right when Alan Rickman shows up. Like, you have to buy that. And everything after that is all logical. Like, Moffat did the logic part, but he put such a conceit out there based on essentially nothing that I was, that it just put me off and I wasn't able to buy into it. And I still don't. Like, you know, the last time we saw the pawns was at Christmas, and this is, like, if you take pond life as canon, which, I mean, it's five minutes, I guess you could. Um, <laughs> uh, this is, like, sometime around September-ish, or later, like, this is, like, September-ish, it's now-ish. I, I don't buy that it got this far, because divorce takes a long time, and it's really painful, and I don't, I just don't believe that Rory wouldn't call her on it before this, or they wouldn't, like talk it out because they were doing really well at Christmas it seemed or they were putting on a good show I don't know it just I, I called BS I really called BS um, yep and it got to an interesting place so I can't totally BS it but it's like it is like knowing Amy and Rory for two seasons they didn't like, need they to would... be getting divorced they could just have been separated in like uh like an argument way where it's like like a like a I'm gonna go stay at my mom's sort of way yeah. They could have been separated like that, where it's not yeah. like where we're like officially separated. We're just in the middle of a time. very serious fight. Yeah. And yeah. and you would have gotten just as much out of it. Mm-hmm. And divorce is like, I guess it's something that kids understand, but like, I don't, it's just like, it's just, it's so far. Like divorce is so far because to go through all the steps of divorce as I, I mean, I haven't done it, but like, according to Louis C.K., and I'm willing to buy Louis C.K. on this, he's like, when people get divorced, you should not say, oh, I'm sorry. You should be happy for those people because they went through hell and they're much better off for it and they're happy with it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and so, 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 like, I don't feel happy for the pawns getting the divorce, especially because they, Amy finalizes the divorce in this um it's just like it's so far and i don't feel happy for them and they don't feel happy about it like it's so oh gosh it's just it just buys it then again moffat's been through divorce so i guess you know this must be what his divorce was like oh has he <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. like before before sue yeah before sue because there was a there was a um i think uh press gang was about going through divorce or something. I forget which. One of his earlier sitcoms was about going through divorce before coupling, and that was because he was going through a divorce. Oh, it was so. probably the one with the teacher, right? Yeah. 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 Or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The one one of the ones that isn't available anywhere to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we nitpicked it to death. Sorry. But you should know <laughs> by now that this isn't exactly a gush fest of a show. Right. Um, and I mean, and it's and it's we say this because we want it to be as good as possible. Right. Um, and when it and when it and when it falls short, so I, I I guess we have to talk about it. But it was a good thing, and it's not like it's not like a sh- an episode that I'm afraid to rewatch. Like I still haven't rewatched Wedding of River Song because I'm honestly afraid to. Like I'm right. I'm I'm at a place where it's like as long as every episode is to the level of this, I will be a very happy camper. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and absolutely. if there's one episode that is just great that we do gush about, if there's one girl who waited or one doctor's wife, that will be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And they have they have four more shots. I mean, two more shots to uh, really <laughs> knock it out oh, of the park. Oh, God. Come on, I'm sorry. man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't, don't count the guy off yet. 
I know, I know. I'm sorry. I just give, I'm giving him a hard time. It's just weird that we're getting five episodes and two of them are written by the same dude who is not <laughs> no, Stephen Moffat. Four of them are written by two guys. That's <laughs> that's what's important. Like we're getting five episodes. Four of them are written by two people. Yes. Chris Chibnall's writing two. Stephen Moffat's writing two. Toby Woodhouse is writing one. Yes, and that's uh. This is That's the first. Choice. This is the first time that two stories has ever been written by the same author that was not the current script editor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time uh, within the same season. That wasn't a two-parter because you know two-parters. Do, yeah, thing. same story. Two-parters don't count. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a, it's an interesting choice that I guess we'll see how it pans. And of out. all the and people, it, him. <laughs> I think it's just because like the thing about Chris Chibnall is that. He's a workhorse, and he's probably really great to get along with, and he probably loves Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't, but you know, one of the things that does, doesn't come out of that is, you know, great product. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I, that's just a, it's a slam, but it's like you know what Neil Gaiman was saying, where he's like, if you want to be a successful freelance writer, you got to be one. You got to be two of three things. You got to be on time, pleasant to work with. Or turning out great product. Any of those, th- any two of those three will mean that you're guaranteed work. If you only have one, you're in pro- you're in trouble. And uh, Chris Chibnall, I mean, it's not that he's bad because we're going to be talking about like his stuff on the other side of this block of five. But I just don't find his stories tremendously emotionally engaging. Like the last time I watched Silurians, I was pretty much bored to tears. It wasn't that it did anything bad; it was just really boring. Right. Uh, but so, but and see, but that's a case where if you had taken everything in the two part Solarian and boiled it down to a one part Solarian episode, it would have been phenomenal. Yeah, it would have been great and like rushy, but as it was, it was a little right. I don't know. We'll talk about we'll talk about it in a couple weeks because um, we're going to be doing episode series five episodes after we do these yep. five this these five just to uh, pepper. In. And we're talking. Did he do what was the other one he did? Forty two. 42, yeah. which is the first Doctor Who story we're doing after the um, yeah. these five. So lots so. of Chris Chibnall coming up <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Turns out it's the Chris Chibnall quarter here on Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, if if these episodes are as good as 42, I won't complain. Sure, sure, sure. 42 is plenty is plenty good. Then again, 42 was also directed by Graham Harper. So, well. you know, that helped <laughs> That helps. Oh, oh, other cool thing that's really fun about this episode. That uh, the last thing I'm mentioning, I promise. The mention of the Dalek planets was great. Was great. And I know you didn't know a bunch of them. I don't think you've actually seen any of those. No, episodes. I didn't pick up on anything but Skyro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spyrodon is the plant is the planet for Planet of the Daleks, which is like that, again. That's why it bothered me because okay, it was we- like. It was Mitch. We got it. Go ahead. Right, right. Kemble was from... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Kemble was from the Daleks' master plan. Iridius was from the chase. Vulcan was from Power of the Daleks. And Exelon was from Death of the Daleks. Why a Dalek would be terrified after Exelon, I don't know. Um, probably from bad Terry Nation writing. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, How Daleks survive Kemble, I don't know, because that was a mess. Um, but yeah, good good stuff. I mean, I, I it was one of those things where, like, when she said them, I actually it was like, I turned to Cassandra, I was like, I have to go back around really quick, one second. And I, <laughs> I just went back and, and caught them all. I was just like, okay, and that's the fault. And Planet of the Daleks, and that was Planet, and that was okay. And then I got them all, and I was like, yeah, go me, go me. <laughs> 
Doctor's companion, feeling good about yourself. You know what this episode was missing? Which one? This episode was missing. uh, If it was going to have all the Daleks, it needed needed some Daleks joyriding a planet. (laughs) Just for a second. (laughs) Just driving by. They're just like, we... Well, wasn't that the Dalek plan in this? Like, wasn't that why the Doctor had to go out and take out the planet? Because, you know, they were threatening to hollow out the planet, which explains the whole. They're threatening to hollow out the planet and put in an engine and drive it around the universe. <laughs> like, that was the plan that they had, right? That was why the Doctor needed to save the Daleks. It should have been. That was <laughs> awesome. It's an awesome. And they're just like, it's like, they want to hollow it out and, and, and drive it around. And the Doctor's like, well, it's not like you guys haven't tried that before. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but now we know it's crazy. <laughs> Hence, asylum, guys. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, the main plot of Daleks' invasion of Earth is the Daleks invade Earth because they want to hollow out the Earth, turn it into a Ferrari, and drive it around the, the universe. Like, that's the plane of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not just making this up. <laughs> this is like this is like real Doctor Who right here. It's Stephen Moffat. What happened? What happened? Oh. <laughs> Oswin was getting ready to drive a hot rod. That's what you wanted. Uh, so awesome. <sighs> oh, I love this show. I love this show. It's good to be back, everyone. It is good to be back, man. I'm, I'm, you know, new who. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell it yeah. felt good, man. Press and play yeah. felt good. Yeah, it did. It did. Although, although the first shot did look like a video game cutscene. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Just it saying. still looked All nice. Right. Yeah, it looked nice. Hey, you know what? I'd play it. that video game. Oh, oh, I would too. <laughs> a chance to storm the giant stone Dalek. That sounds like a great sort of mission. I'm pretty sure that Scaro design is the same one in the computer games. Oh, interesting. Because there's a game, I think, that takes place on Scaro, and it's that same design with, like, the, the rock Dalek and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting because, like, I was looking out of the when when they were, when the doctor was looking out of the rock Dalek, I was immediately transported to the city design from the Daleks where they're on Scarrow for mm-hmm. the first time, and I was like, "Oh, that's really nice!" Like, uh, all those little touches are really lovely, lovely. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, I think that's about wraps up our discussion of Asylum of the Daleks. Uh, but before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, uh, which is the site where you can order your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you get from a local comic book shop, you can pre-order from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. 75% off. Uh, regular, That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And uh, regular discounts are 40% off, which is nothing to sneer at. Uh, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay six ninety five flat rate shipping. Thanks to DCBService.com. Uh, products for pre-order for November? Yes, for November should be up uh, in the next few days. So um, go check that out because I don't know if you guys have heard, but remember last year when the DC Universe sort of restarted and, and everything went to a number one issue? Marvel's doing that now because oh yeah, so uh, Marvel's doing that and that is happening in November. So all of those will be up, and I'm pretty sure 
uh, they're going to be doing a bundle pack of Marvel number ones for November, uh, which will probably be at a nice hefty discount somewhere in the range of 50 to 75 percent off. Um, wow. And when, and when are they doing this discount? Now. Get it? Ah, Marvel now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go to DCBService.com uh, and pre-order some of those new Marvel books if you want to try them out. Uh, you can ship as often. You can ship them to yourself uh, either weekly as they come out, or you can ship them bi-weekly every two weeks, or you can ship them at the end of the month when you know they all come out. And you only pay six ninety five for that flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCPService.com. Next week, dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah, kind of just saying what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there's more dinosaurs in that one than there's Daleks in this one. So that's <laughs> Well, to be I mean, fair, it's not called all of the dinosaurs. Right, right. And, and to be fair, I mean if you if you just assume that Oswin was a Dalek, then there were a lot of Dalek in uh, Asylum of the Daleks. <laughs> but uh yeah. I mean, so I guess I guess what I'm saying here is a lot of dinosaurs, less spaceship. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Well, we'll find out next week. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, follow my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things that I'm, I happen to be watching at any given moment. Uh, lately, it's been a lot of DS9. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash in. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where sometimes I watch a movie and it gets so bad I have to live tweet it. Um, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, if for more information on that, tune into the Mind Robbers, which is our which is our flagship podcast. Episodes are long, but they are a lot of fun. Uh, and if you haven't listened, <laughs> it's, you should. It's a, good, it's a good warning to give, especially this week. Right, exactly, because we're looking at the schedule for this week, which we're recording tomorrow, and by golly... What an episode that's going to be. Oh, man. Oh, uh, it, it's in the running right now for the longest episode ever. And we uh, haven't which, even done it yet. Yeah, which knowing us, I mean, I've literally had to turn off the TV. Like, I've just had to turn it Stop off. washing things. <laughs> oh, anyways, so look for that. That should be out sometime this week. It's a lot of fun. If you like us talking here, you're going to love us talking over there. Uh, and that's our show. Leave a comment. Write in podcast at mydrubber.net. We'll talk about it. We'll answer emails on the show if you write in emails. Uh, and my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I talk about Classic Who this week. Cassandra's talking about Terror of the Autons, and I'll be back sometime later this month with a whole lot more good stuff. We're coming to the end, guys. We're coming to the end. So uh, it's coming. It's coming. All right. Coming. Uh, go to the website. Uh, mindrobber.net, go to the post for this episode, let us know what you thought of Asylum of the Daleks, and yell at us, curse us, and tell us we're wrong. Uh, and then uh, leave a review on iTunes, uh, hopefully a good one, because those are the best kind. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, like them. so thanks in advance, and uh, we'll talk to you next week with Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. See you guys. Bye, guys!